Hello, Center Church and friends. Good morning to you. I want to say really quickly a shout out to Bellwether Brewery. We're here filming our Sunday morning service, and uh, what an awesome way for us to just be able to connect with our church family and share some hope. So thanks to Dave and Bellwether for having us here. Uh, isn't it awesome how in the last 10 days, we at Center Church, who used to be gathering on Sundays in one location, are now gathering all over the country. There's people online from all over the place. In fact, going on online has actually expanded our reach significantly in the last two weeks. So I'm excited about what God is up to and the things he's doing. Now, I got to tell you, in the last two weeks, I, like you, have experienced a really broad range of emotions. But right now, as I stand here, I am so full of hope, I can barely contain it. I'm full of hope because even though there are a whole bunch of things that have changed in the last 10 days, two weeks, month, and even though there are things about the future that are more uncertain than they've ever been, I'm hopeful because there are things that have not changed in the last two weeks. And there are some things about the future that are certain. And so what I want to tell you right off the bat is when you're facing uncertainty, look to what is certain. When you don't know, look to what you do know. A couple, that's more than a couple weeks ago, quite a while ago, I was having a conversation with a friend about a home improvement project that I was doing. Uh, now, I don't have a construction background at all. Uh, I consider myself semi-handy. And it kind of started with just doing like small projects around the house, just because uh, I found them therapeutic, mostly. But as I did them, I gained confidence and knowledge, and then God and His amazing sovereignty invented YouTube, and now you can do anything that the experts can do. Uh, and so I started taking on bigger projects, and uh, my friend is very capable and smart, but he's just, that's not his lane. Like, he doesn't enjoy that at all. And he said to me, he said, the difference between you and me is that you're willing to punch the first hole in the wall. Because once you knock that first hole in the wall, then you have to do the project. You have to figure it out. He said, I'm just not willing to knock the first hole in the wall. Once I punch the hole in the wall, then I have to remodel the bathroom. And then I have to figure out how to do it. Uh, and it kind of got me thinking. It reminded me of something I heard a lady named Danielle Strickland say. She said, there's no changing the future without disrupting the present. You can't have a remodeled bathroom without punching that first hole in the wall. And I think one thing that all of us have experienced uh, over the last couple weeks is that the first hole in the wall has already been punched for us. It's, it's already there. And so uh, we might be better off served instead of trying to you know, fix the hole or trying to cover up the hole or hoping that the hole will go away. It might be better for us to just see the remodel all the way through. So I want to suggest something to you this morning that you probably haven't heard on the news. I want to suggest to you that the finished product, after everything that you're experiencing right now and everything we're going through as a nation, I want to suggest to you that the finished product is going to be better than what we left behind a few weeks ago. For all of us, the process has already started. So today I want to remind you of some things that are certain. I want to talk about some things that you do know that you can count on. Now, four of them, you might want to write these down. In fact, I'd encourage you to write them down and maybe the, uh, the scripture address uh, or make a note on your phone so that you can refer back to them when you face uncertainty, when your emotions do sway. So here we go. The first one, the first thing we do know is that fear does not equal reality. 
Those two things do not mean the same thing. Those words are not synonymous. Where does fear exist? Fear exists in only one place, in my mind. You can't go pull it off a shelf somewhere. It only exists in our head. Literally, that's the only place it exists. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7 that God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So if you're responding out of fear, you can know that you are not listening to what God is saying to you. You're responding to something that only exists in your mind. I'll give you a perfect example of this. Americans are freaking out about toilet paper. Uh, Americans are going crazy over it. And I went to Costco about two and a half weeks ago. And people were stockpiling toilet paper because they were afraid that they were going to run out. And, you know, God forbid that we face that kind of a national crisis. People were acting out of fear. That was fear talking, and they were responding to the voice of fear. But let me tell you what the other voice was saying. Let me tell you what reality was saying. A, reality was saying the universe is not going to tear in half if you run out of toilet paper. Humans are actually pretty smart. You'll innovate. You'll figure out a solution, as troubling as that thought might be. And B, the second thing reality was saying, when I went back to Costco just a few days ago, guess what I found? Pallets and pallets full of toilet paper. And anybody could just walk up and take some. Turned out that the world didn't come to an end because we were afraid of running out of toilet paper. Fear is rarely moving in congruence with reality. They're usually moving in different directions. So if you're listening to the voice of fear, there's a pretty good chance that you're moving away from what is real. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 25. He said, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Are you not more valuable to God? Fear and reality, those two words aren't synonyms. They don't equal each other. The second thing you know for sure is that this won't last forever. Let me just say that again. This won't last forever. This is a temporary situation. The Bible tells us in several places that we shouldn't be surprised when difficult things happen, when trouble comes into our lives. Nothing in life works perfectly. The economy doesn't work perfectly. Our bodies don't work perfectly. Our relationships don't work perfectly. Nothing in life works perfectly. Isaiah 24, 5 says, The earth suffers because of the sins of its people. This is how sickness came into the world in the first place, is through our sin. God explained clearly that He had a way, and He gave us the choice to go His way and to cooperate with Him, or to turn away from Him and do life our own way. And that's exactly what happened. So someone might ask, well, why would God allow this to happen? And the answer is, it didn't happen because of God. It happened because He gave us the free choice to cooperate with Him or to turn away from Him, and we've chosen to go our own way. God's not the problem. Humanity is the problem. We're broken. So I say to you, if you're a Christian, if you're part of the global church, I say, let's move over to the solution side of the problem. Let's pray that God would heal our land, because He said He would. 2 Chronicles 7.14 God said to His people at that time, 
Uh, we are an extension of his people. He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. So let's move over to the solution side of the problem. Let's not join the freak out. Let's pray. Let's trust God. And here's the reason that you can be confident. Because what we know about viruses is that by the grace of God, they don't last forever. They spike and then they dissipate as the population develops an immunity. We've seen it over and over throughout the world. Even in the last two decades, we had a crisis in Africa with Ebola that everyone thought was going to spread throughout the world. SARS before that. Uh, in God, an abundance of God's grace... He's given these things temporary seasons of effectiveness. The fact that they disappear quickly, I think is something that we should all thank God for. Because although we're not very good at correcting our ways, He's so merciful and gracious to us. This won't last forever. A third thing we know for sure is that I am no more dependent on God today than I was before coronavirus. Think about that for a second. It's probably the most important one of the three. I'm no more or less dependent on God now than I was a month ago or a year ago or ten years ago. The coronavirus and all the fallout associated with it has absolutely zero bearing on how dependent I am or not dependent on God. Every breath of my life has been a gift from God. Your first breath came at His command. As will your last. Proverbs 16.9 says, In their hearts human, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. So we should go ahead, make plans for the future, prepare for the future. I think that's the prudent thing to do. But, but let's not think for a second that God won't be sovereign, that He won't be who He is through it all, the entire time. I'm no more or less dependent on God now than I was before this all started. It's just more obvious to me now. Every moment of my life has been 100% dependence on God. Psalm 55.22 says, Cast your cares on the Lord, and He will sustain you. I say we embrace being dependent on God because we already are. I say we should not just come to grips with it, but embrace it. He's, he's just waiting for us to turn to Him and call out to Him because He's a heavenly dad who loves to take care of His children. I'm not any more dependent now than I was before. And the last one, uh, the fourth one that we can really anchor to is uh, we should seek peace where it can be found. We need to, we need to look peace, for peace where we can find it. It will only be found where it can be found. A little bit of a tongue twister there. Uh, the other day, I turned our house upside down, searching high and low for a little adapter for my computer so that I could plug something into it. I looked in every room, I dismantled my desk at home, I went through all of my bags, I turned the place up and down. I did a really, really good job of searching for this thing, and I didn't find it. Until two days later, I went to my office, and there it was, sitting right on the desk, exactly where I left it. Now, back when I was searching in my house, I mean, I was a pro. I was doing an excellent job, and I was searching hard and frantically, but I was searching in the wrong place. I could have searched for years and never, ever found it. Right now, there's a lot of people searching for peace and assurance in places where it can't be found, including sometimes us. 
You know, I think we probably have a tendency to flux in and out of fear and confidence. Sometimes even us as Christians, uh, if, if you're a follower of Christ, sometimes even you look in the wrong place. Proverbs 18.10 It's the last verse I just want to leave with you. It says, The name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. For 2,000 years, wise people have been turning to the all-powerful name of God for help. We don't deserve it, and yet at the same time, He's made a way for us to deserve it by sending His Son to pay the bill for our sin so that we can be adopted into His family. Seek peace where it can be found. Seek it in the presence, in the power, in the grace of God. If you've been hanging around Center Church for any length of time, uh, no doubt you've heard me recite this verse to you. And if you're wondering, is Pastor Kelly trying to drill this verse into me to the point that I cannot possibly forget it? The answer is yes. This is what I want you to do this week. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. I hope you have an awesome week. Do me a favor. Stay tuned in for just the next couple of minutes. Pastor Rick is going to come, and he's just going to share a few ways that we can stay connected, keep encouraging each other, and keep being a part of the church as we're in isolation. Pastor Rick, come on out. Thanks, PK. Um, yeah, I'm psyched. I'm psyched about what's, um, what's going to come out of this in the sense that we are connecting. And so I just want to let you know how you can be connected to what we're doing and the different ways we're trying to provide that opportunity. First one is this, uh, connect with our website. Find out uh, where you can, you, you, you can watch videos, the stuff that we're putting together. You can find that on the website. You can also find your options for giving. I know a couple people have asked me this week, hey, where can I send my tithes and my offerings? Uh, there's directions for you on there. Another great place is Facebook. It's, it's our primary uh, social media account that we're using to put out our information. It's connected to our Instagram, but just want you to know, uh, Facebook is definitely that. We've got info about things coming up. We've got encouragement on there and we also have discussions so you can jump on there comment uh, we're constantly updating that and looking at that and trying to interact with each of you there we have a podcast um, you can find out anywhere that podcast can be found one of the things we're doing on there is we're doing just kind of a guided prayer experience um, a few times a week. And so if you're just looking for some time to pray um, by yourself, you can connect to what everyone else at Center Church is hopefully praying for as well. Uh, the Bible app, be looking for that. If you don't already have the Uversion Bible app, I encourage you to download it and create an account and friend me because we're going to do a church-wide reading plan starting on Monday. Uh, so if you, if you want to be a part of that, get the app, download it, create an account, find me, friend me, and I'll make sure that you get an invite to join us for that as well. And then for our community groups, if you're not part of one and you want to jump in with one right now, we're wide open for that. Uh, we're doing Zoom meetings for our community groups, which is really fun uh, and actually is working fairly well. And I want to say one more thing about Zoom. Friday night, uh, if, if you're available, no, no, not Friday. 
Tuesday, Tuesday evening, 5 p.m., we're going to do church-wide prayer on Zoom. And so uh, if you're interested in that, reach out to myself or Pastor Kelly. Let us know. We'll make sure you get the link to the Zoom meeting. We'll try to post it on Facebook um, as well as uh, any other options we have so that you can participate with that. 5 p.m., we'll go for about a half hour. We'll pray as a church together. So that's how you can connect. Uh, let me just remind you that uh, even though um, we are isolated, and uh, it's becoming more and more the case in our lives that God wired us together and that the coronavirus did not interrupt that wiring, that he has brought us together. And our mission and our need to connect doesn't change, just the venues in which we are doing it. So I encourage you to connect with that. And uh, I, too, want to just thank Bellwether and our friend Dave uh, for blessing us with this space. We hope you have an awesome day. Blessings.